Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and Happy New Year from Spin the Rally Pod. It's 2022 and we're back for a brand new season of Rally Action. All set to be an exciting year ahead. We hope you're going to come along for the ride. I'm rally fan Lisa O'Sullivan. I'm joined by the man they call the voice of rally, Colin Clark, former team boss George Donaldson and Dirtfish.com senior staff writer David Evans. And I think we just have to say Happy New Year, chaps. Have you had a good festive season? Fabulous. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> Fabulous. Underwhelming. I, I, I binge watched, was it a programme called Veep, which was very funny. Okay. Seven seven That's... series of it. Uh, not, there's not Ooh. that many episodes in each series, but Ooh. my wife and I watched it over the sort of two to three weeks of the holiday, and a little bit afterwards to watch uh, the, all the episodes through. Absolutely phenomenal! I can't believe it. Is that was kind made. of like an American the thick of it? Uh, yes, I think I, I, I've never seen the thick of it, but I'm told that's what it's like. Yeah, it was absolutely outrageous. Mm. I've been binge watching Narcos Mexico's been my one. I've watched that the last... That's know, a tough watch. Days. Really enjoying that one, I have to say. No, yeah, it is a little bit, because you've got to read, and I hate reading. You got to, you're Half of it's English, half of it's in Mexican or Spanish. So you've got to read the blooming subtitles, which, which you know, yeah. sometimes is a bit challenging for me. I would have thought for a polyglot like you, Colin, the Spanish would be no problem. <laughs> well, do you know what? Do you know what? These, here's the thing. I do test myself occasionally. I think, well, I'm going, I'm, going to re- I'm going to try and watch it without reading and see how much I understand. Okay. And about... Two percent of it I understand, which is good enough for me. It's good enough. That'll do. That's all you need, clearly, to watch it. So, what's your been? What's been your box set uh, diversion, David Evans? Or have you just been beavering away writing stuff for Dirtfish.com? Well, I have to say, Lisa, I uh, I haven't actually done much box setting uh, this Christmas, but the go-to uh, TV for me would have to be. Uh, I'm afraid to say. Why am I afraid to say? I don't know. Uh, the twenty years uh, without uh, J.K. Rowling reunion of. Um, of, Let's of, not go there. Uh, no. Of Harry Potter, yeah, exactly. Without J.K. Rowling, let's not go there. I felt, I felt the same. I, I watched yeah. all, I, I watched all that as well, David. And, and I agree. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel the woman's been utterly unjustly a pariah. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that, George. Well, funny enough, though, I, I've been listening to the audiobooks oh. of Harry Potter again. Um, well, no, not again. Stephen Fry, there's, you can get him reading the books. I forgot how much better the books are than the film. I forgot how much brilliant stuff there is in there. Um, my my box set binge has been Ted Lasso. And if nobody's watched Ted Lasso, yes. oh, it's oh, so the good. The greatest programme I've ever oh, watched, Lee. It's the greatest. What's that about? The greatest. Well, theoretically, it's about a football manager, oh. um, an American who comes over to manage a Premier League team, but it's not about that. It's it's just so, it makes you feel really good. It, we we know fabulous. a lot of uh, positive Americans, don't we? But I have to say, I don't think any of us know Americans quite as positive as Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> Has Nate turned bad yet? Oh yes, I've, I've, I'm 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 right the way to the end. Nate, it's not Nate the Great anymore. But quite possibly the best <laughs> the best program I think yeah. I've really? ever watched. Ted genuinely, Lasso. the best right, television okay. program I think I've ever watched. How I missed it for Ted so Lasso. Put it on your list, George. Genuinely. Generally, I think it's on. Is it on it's Apple, Apple TV? TV or is it on? Yeah. It's not Apple. Is it Amazon or something? Uh, I don't. Oh, I don't no, do Apple, Apple TV. Well, it's it's, one it's worth to do. paying for that and having like a have a one hit binge where you just watch that. Um, Absolutely, get the freebie, watch it, and then yeah, unsubscribe. It's just it is perfect television. Yeah, yeah, the best. <laughs> Maybe we won't put that one on there. Um, it's yeah, it's absolute genius. So, yeah, Happy New Year to everybody. But just a question I ask myself every year is, is when do we stop saying Happy New Year? It's very difficult, isn't it? You know, our uh, we had the, the painter and painter Pete over the over the weekend. and <laughs> Pete the paint? I didn't even say Happy New Year to him. 
I don't know. It just feels as though, okay, we're only on the 10th of January, but it feels as though we've been in 2022 for a long time. Mm. Uh, so but it, it, it's, it's a question. Every January, I ask myself, when do we stop? You know, if we were going to Mexico in March this year, do we, you know, we haven't seen, we haven't spoken to our friends in Mexico since we left them last year, or in fact, two years ago. Um, so do we say Happy New Year to, to all of our Mexican yeah. friends in, uh, in March? I don't know. Just a question. Yeah, no, and hello to you. I just brought it in because I haven't spoken to you guys in in all this time. And I just thought, and and chaps out there might not have had anybody say Happy New Year to them either. (laughs) Right, I'm going to rattle through just to to kind of set out the stall, which you have beautifully done with a fabulous running order, David. We are going to have a quick look back at last year um, with your fabulous top 10 as a point of argument, Colin. So you're going to take the lead on that. We're going to have a little look forward to, uh, 2022. What, what is going to be worth looking forward to this year? Anything, to be honest, the last couple of years have been such a mess. Hopefully 2022 is going to be a little bit more organized. Uh, we're going to talk about Lobinogier. Hopefully we're going to see, um, what's happening with the testing side of things and perhaps look ahead to, um, put some predictions in there and what we can expect from the season ahead in terms of teams. So as you've put on your thing, sounds okay? Question mark. <laughs> I think that does sound okay. Um, we, we didn't really wrap up last year though. Um, Colin, yeah. you've, you've done a marvellous top 10. Well, it, arguably. 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 Arguably is the word. At least it's marvellous depending on how you look at it. I have to say it is, you know, it's the thing I've been doing for the last few years. Um, and you know what? Any list is a subjective list, isn't it? It's all down to how you see things, how you perceive things, uh, you know, where you put value and where perhaps you don't put value. So, you know, you ask 100 rally journalists to give you their top 10 and the chances are they'll just about all be different if that's possible. George will tell me if that's possible or not, um, mathematically. It absolutely is possible. But, but, and and but, as you say, Colin, it is, it is subjective. Totally subjective. But, but what I have to say is, you know, yeah. um, whenever I put down a... a a ranking whenever I write something about someone I'm always very happy to defend what I've written um I'll never write anything just for sensationalism or or to try and make a point there's always substance behind it and some of the abuse every year goodness me my top 10 gets abused (laughs) the things I was called this year you would not believe I was called a crackhead a clown I was told to retire my writing pen called an idiot and all sorts of things um which, you know... I, Nothing I, new then. I, I, yeah, you know, what a way to go into the new year. Do you know, I, I don't mind that. I really don't mind that. Well, I mean, and, and the other question, the other outlying question, Colin, is, is how, do you, how do you think Novak Djokovic is going to go in Monte Carlo? <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, Novak Djokovic, what a lad. Uh, we'll not talk about that. Um, so, yeah, listen, you know, as we all know, you know, lists come with, with, with an awful lot of personal input. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing was, was when I'm my number one pick, which surprised a few people. I had Rovan Pera down as number one pick. Now, we can argue this all day long, but, but for me, it'll never happen again. We'll never get a season where a driver becomes the youngest ever winner of a round of the World Rally Championship and in the same season is the youngest ever leader of the championship. For me, those two achievements in a single year by young Robin Perra were enough alone. It didn't matter what he did for the rest of the year. To achieve those two incredible milestones, to rewrite history in that way with those two achievements was enough for me to say Robin Perra, driver of the year, because it'll never, ever Chances are, happen again. Um, not I'm not sure the nickname that. Finnish Freak's going to take on, though. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but not everyone agreed with that. And, and, I, and I get it. And I get that not everyone agreed with that. He did have a very bad spell halfway through the year. But he bounced back from it. Um, but but I, I don't care. I, those two achievements alone for me were enough to make him my driver of the year. I, th- I think you're right, Colin. It's, it's impossible to ignore what, uh, what Cali Rovenpera achieved. Uh, last season, well, so it, it was, wasn't you it was that called me a crackhead, wasn't it? You know, just to see the, the, the continued rise of this guy was was sensational. Yeah, that's true. And I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry that you, uh, you clearly took so much abuse. Uh, I'm sorry that your children took to social yeah. media to call you names. Mostly, I believe, yeah, and, and not putting Ogier at number one. And, and and as I said, you know, I, I find it very difficult not to put the world champion at number one. But that would be the easy thing to do. Um, and, and Ogier has achieved so so much in his career. You know, it took a very special... You've got him at number two. Him at number two, yeah. But... Was it the, the Kelly Rovenpera at number one thing that, that rattled 
people's cages, Cole. Ah, but, but, this, but, but David, this is the problem. This is the problem, you see. What you've just said is why these kind of lists create so much debate. It's not a list of the fastest driver. And if it was, you're probably right. You're probably right. Neuville would have been at the top and Tanak would have been at the top if it had been the list of the fastest drivers. Um, but it's not. It's not. It's my, my view on... You don't have your... to look too far to justify what Calais did. Correct. Correct. Or his position at Collins number one, you know. If... And I might have the, the... might have been able to justify that, but I don't think so. I was di- I was disappointed, David. I was equally disappointed. There was nothing there's nothing we could call Colin out for particularly on it. <laughs> I couldn't even I couldn't even argue with you on it, Colin. I could disagree with it, but not argue it. For me, Colin, you know, there may be the one change that I would have made is to bring Tanak up uh, a little bit higher. This is something that you and I talked about a fair bit through the last through the twenty twenty one season. I yeah, feel that yeah, Tanak yeah, was unlucky i know we don't talk about luck in the in this championship Mm. in this sport but i think he was i think he 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 warranted uh, a better overall place in the championship you know he was the guy that's that that won the most stages last season uh and you you only have to look at his results stuff like safari okay spain he made a mistake um but still i i think he was he was unfortunate and maybe he's the one guy that i would have put higher up i yeah i agree with that I, i agree with that entirely um you know, he was unlucky, but, but I'm not sure. Again, you know, the brain thing is difficult because he only did so many rounds, but you look at the rounds he did and you look at the way he performed and, and you know, you, you factor in the in and out, in and out, in and out of the, the seat and you think, well, that, that's an incredible achievement. And is that a better achievement than the unlucky year that Tanak had? I'd argue strongly it is. I'd argue strongly it is a better achievement, but, but I agree with you. You know, if we're going to say, well, take out Tanak's bad luck and let's just count him on the rallies where he had a, a good car and a clean run. Tanak was, was imperious. He really was. But, but you know, but that's not the whole story. So um, it's just such a difficult bloody thing to write, David. It really is. <laughs> I, think, I think you've said it many times. The, 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 the day you got out of having to write driver ratings was a very happy day for you. <laughs> so I, I don't think we need to defend <laughs> Cali Romper at number one. You're right, Colin. He was imperious. He was, he was tremendous. <laughs> um, throughout last year, there was, like you say, the odd hiccup. Uh, Croatia, but then you know, equally, he was he was unfortunate in Portugal, Sardinia. Uh, he had those couple of mechanical issues, and then Safari, of course, was difficult uh, for him. Getting stuck in the sand, you know, any driver probably that was first on the road was going to uh, to have those same issues. But for me, definitely, he's he's a number one, and he's uh, he's a boy to watch. Well, he's got to. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's. It... What happened to him last year was a typical young driver thing. You know, we've seen it recently with a number of other drivers where, you know, you, you, your, your ascendancy all of a sudden plateaus and, you know, it, it gets exponentially harder each tiny little step you make as a driver. And, and that last little little step is hard to make. And, and the guy seemed to make it, but you've then got to sustain it over a number of events. And, you know, he's missing experience on some... Uh, it's a, it's a, that's a new arena for him with r- working right up there at the top edge of the the sport. Although he seems to do it with, you know, in in, in his to 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 coin a a term you use for uh, for Oji and and also for for Tanak, you know, imperious uh, uh, a couple of times this year. But he didn't manage to maintain it, and then right at the end of the year, of course, he was playing that team game, so he never got to show anything in uh, in Monza particularly, but. Yeah, interesting guy. Uh, so now he's going to come back this year and do the job. And I tell you what, you'd be hard pressed to argue that the guy's not going to be the 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 one to follow. Is honestly speaking, Elfin's experience now enough to to actually carry him through in that stable bubble that keeps him always sitting there in the top two or three drivers through all the events, which is what you need to win the championship. You can't have those yeah. dips down. It's it's that um, thing though, isn't it, George, that, you uh, know, always Sebastian Ogier talked yeah. about Cali Rovenpera's experience. He said, you know, don't look at the last two years as a factory driver for Rovenpera. Look back 10 years when this guy was in and out of a, of a car uh, and driving at good speed mm-hmm. every single day uh, of his life. He, he has great experience of driving a rally car. I can see the point that is he is he going into the season on an equal footing with with Elvin? I don't know. Potentially, yes, because we have these new regulations. Nobody has experience of these Rally One cars, but at the same time, Elvin does have yeah. that 
more sort of global experience, doesn't he? He knows how to manage a rally, knows how to manage, manage a season. He's finished second to Sebastian Auger for the last two years. That De facto, he is the second best in the world. Uh, the, the first best in the world has gone now. So let's well, see. You're absolutely right, David. But he, 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 did, he did slip. And, and, and I would just put that down to, to, to his um, you know, part of the growth. And, and, you know, my goodness me, Safari in particular, what a miserable, what a miserable experience. Uh, but, you know, that's just going to make the guy stronger. If I was the other drivers, I'd think, oh, my God, he's had all those dreadful things happen to him now already. You know, in one year, he's gone. He's been leading the championship, youngest driver ever to win an event, blah, 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 blah. And then he has all these dreadful events at the same time, including mm. having to follow probably quite a tough team order at the end of the year. God, that's going to make him strong this year. But, but George, <laughs> what a George, threat I, he's going to be. He's going to come back charged. Yeah, and do you know, do you know what? That, that last event of the year, mm. it's, it's the last hurrah, isn't it, for the season? He's got nothing to lose. Throw everything at the win. Uh, no, you're not. You're not. You're going to bring this car home. How well did he take that? You know, he was quickest in shakedown. And then uh, supposedly he was told the instructions after shakedown, wasn't he? Um, how well did he take it? He drove the event with a smile on his face, with a really a great attitude. And, and not every driver would have reacted in that way. That's for sure. Not every driver would have, would have you know, seen, I suppose, the positives in it and, and, and maybe tried to take something out of it. But Robin Perra did. And I, and I think that was a sign of him. Look at the confidence he showed. Colin, you know, and, and George, you, you've been in charge of drivers. What kind of a driver is it that goes into, at the yeah. end of his second full year in a factory, in a factory car, goes and does two donuts <laughs> in the last yeah. stage? You know, how incredible was that? That demonstrates the confidence that the guy has got. Um, and how not, relaxed not, he is with the team and how relaxed he is with the environment. I mean, seriously, yeah. I mean, you know... The the, the, the the first one is, you know, for Christ's sakes, just don't get cocky. Honestly, honestly, do you really think it's that easy? Do you really think it's that easy? Because there's a lot of drivers find out it's not. So listen, if David, you've got, you've got 10 euros to spend on who's going to win the championship this year. What are the odds we're going to get on Robin Perra winning? I, I think they're going to be quite low odds, sadly. I don't think you're going to get great value. What do you think? Cole, we've talked about this, the whole bookmakers setting the odds thing uh, before. You know, I'm not very good at, uh, at at assessing what long and short odds are, but it'd be good to see the odds. Ultimately, a bookmaker would perhaps look at a piece of paper and say, "Okay, here's a guy who's got two years' experience. You know, let's give him quite long odds." But actually, they should be short because he has the speed, he has the ability, he doesn't quite have the experience, but they're on a level playing field of a rally one mm. of, of using rally one cars. So the odds, mm. you know, he, he would you put ten euros on Kalirov and Pera? probably yes you would because i think you know it's a yeah. fairly safe ish bet but like you say the odds aren't going to be great you know your your money would be better perhaps on a on a craig breen or somebody like that with slightly longer odds that's not to decry what breen he's going to do or maybe you yeah. go completely left field and put your money on adrian Former. is elvin now old <laughs> no he's he's not least is he he's, he's not old we're old. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, add, add to that, we don't really know how any of the cars are going to go. I mean, is Ford going to come out the, out the box rap, rap, ama amazingly quickly? Have they grasped everything better than everyone else having had tested longer? Or is it going to be Toyota or Hyundai? That's the point, isn't it? We have got no idea. Absolutely. Nobody really knows what's, uh, what's coming. We've done all the testing. We've seen the cars in the Alps. We've seen the cars doing what they're doing. But you put some numbers on the side of these things and everything changes. Yep. Uh, and it is such a massive step in terms of, of the technical regulation that nobody can predict what we've, we've got coming uh, later this month in Monte Carlo. Uh, it's, it's interesting with, with Elfin because I still see him in, in the ascendancy, really. I mean, he's, he's there, but I, I mean, he's still giving mm. extra. And he has the odd little slip down where he now has the maturity to just say, I'm not getting this, okay. You know, like in Spain last year, he thought he was going to do it, but then he got eaten away. He didn't lose his cool. Good championship drive, really, to, to all intents and purposes. And that was a great deal of maturity. And that's that's where we're still seeing uh, Elfin. Already he's got a good amount of collateral in there. I think if, uh, accepting Ogier, I think, as good as anyone in the championship in terms of that management aspect. But he's still producing this incredible speed, little steps, you know. Look what he did in Finland. Yeah. What, what was that about? Fantastic. Finland was phenomenal. Finland was phenomenal. And I, 
again, if we, if we if we go back to my driver ratings, what I said about Elvin was that he kind of consolidated the 2020 gains that he made in 2021. He didn't actually make too many steps forward, but sometimes that's not a bad thing, you know, to consolidate it where, where you have that ability, as you say, George, to, to manage the event. Your, your safe pace is a pace that's always going to get you a top four, top five finish, probably a top three finish. You know, he consolidated that. He showed that that is there and it's, and it's genuine. But, but he does have to make, I, I think, a little step forward because I think this year will be so much more competitive. I think we've got six, seven drivers that can win again yeah, this year. I and, think and... That there's a, the, you're absolutely right, Colin. Add, sorry, sorry for interrupting, but the, the added That's element right. of r the unknown of the reliability of these new cars. Mm. Now, granted, mm. I don't think that the, the, this, uh, this new hybrid system that the WRC cars have is it, there's nothing earth shaking about it. It's a very simple system. It's almost identical in its power and capacity to the systems fitted by Volkswagen to their Golfs and uh, Audi e-trons. Um, I don't know how much of it's based on that, but it's, it's very coincidental that it's very similar in terms of capacity, the rate it charges at and the, the power it delivers. Obviously, the way it delivers it and the, the mechanism of delivering it is entirely different. Uh, but it's um, there's an incredible dynamic in there. And uh, that will favour the guy that has the technical nous, the ability to figure it out, the team. It's just it's an incredible additional d dynamic we're seeing just at the start of this year. It may just come to nothing. You know, it may be everyone sorts out quite quickly, and I'm sure they will, because we're, we're talking about very professional teams, three very professional teams there that are going to figure this out. But um, what an interesting extra dynamic Monte Carlo is going to be. I know we're going to move on to it, but Colin, in your top 10, you do have Monsieur Augier at uh, number two. We also wanted to talk about the return, um, well, the, the, the place of Sebastian Loeb and Augier in the championship. Um, I don't know if we want to move on from the top 10 onto that. I, it's a pretty good way to do it, Lise. And, you know, my, my primary question here is, you know, where is their place in the sport now? Should they be coming back? Are they now taking the seat of a promising young junior driver who could really benefit from the experience of doing Monte Carlo in one of these cars? Or should we rejoice in the fact that we, we're going to get another Loeb-Augier battle in the French Alps? Discuss. Yeah, listen, mm. David, they're not paying for themselves to come back. You know, they're not saying I'm going to spend... No, 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 no absolutely not. Years. They're not cold. There's a very good reason for them coming back, you know. In, in Loeb's case, Red Bull want him back. And, and, and I have no question, no doubt, that M Sport will benefit from his vast experience. In Ogier's case, he's still on top of his game. So, you know, I, I, I don't yeah. buy, I don't buy all this, you know, blocking seats for young drivers. You know, if Ogier wasn't in that car, sorry, if, if, if Loeb wasn't in that car in Monte Carlo, no one would be. No one would be. And the, the, the thing mm. with that is if, if Loeb wasn't in that car in Monte Carlo, there would be a very big question mark over Formo being in his car. Um, because as I understand it, you know, the Red Bull thing is kind of interlinked. Uh, I, I might not be entirely correct with that, but I, th I, think, I think that's a reasonable summation of, of the, the, the situation there. I, 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 you know, if these guys want to come back at any point, it's, it's the great thing about our sport. You know, they're able to. They're able to, whether it be a commercial deal, whether it be a deal where a manufacturer needs a little bit of help, perhaps on a particular rally or with a car developing, or whether it be a driver just finding his own backing or his own budget and just going out to have one last blast, as we saw with Gronholm a few years ago, then magic, magic. We should just celebrate the fact that we're able to enjoy these drivers once more and, uh, and watch mm. the battle wherever it might be in the field. I suspect, sadly, that Loeb will not be troubling the top of the timesheets. Ogier probably will be, but I don't think Loeb will be, sadly. Um, but we'll watch it. We'll watch it and we'll enjoy it and we'll reminisce about wonderful times and wonderful battles and incredible performances, particularly from Loeb in, I think it was 2012 when he, that first stage where he took 25 seconds out of everyone. Mm. We will enjoy it and we will celebrate the fact that they're on the stages. I, I, you know, I, I don't get the, the detractors for this one, I'm afraid. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Cole, hundred percent, and I think your analysis of the of the situation is 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 bang on there. Um, without without Loeb, we wouldn't have had a we wouldn't have had a, a fourth Puma out there. So we've got to enjoy it. And you know we're we're about stories. Uh, and already, yeah. you know, the rumor, the speculation was he coming back? Wasn't he coming back? Then the first test, then the second test, it was great. 
You know, it gives us something to write about. And he clearly, you know, you only have to look at what he's doing in Dakar as we speak. Uh, unless in the last half hour or so he's, he's gone off or broken it or something. Uh, <laughs> he's doing a tremendous job. And, and he, we continually talk about this. You know, I had long discussions last week with people in the team and everybody. What can we expect from Lowe? Everybody's opinion is is pretty similar to yours, Cole. But let's not forget, it's Monte Carlo. Admittedly, we're much further south in Monte. And, and the one thing that I did say in my email to everybody is let's not make this into a Monte preview. So I'll be very brief here. But it's still Monte Carlo. Anything can happen. He can win that rally. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He can win that rally on experience and on on understanding how to get the best out of, of a tyre package and everything. The very fact that we're talking about Sebastian Lowe going back to Monte Carlo makes it worthwhile. Mm. It's a great story. Yeah. you know, And you, it may draw, draw a different audience back again as well that, that maybe have lapsed a little. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's he was... Last world champion. I mean, this is quite remarkable to think this, but 10 years ago Crikey. was his last world championship. You know, don't we all feel even older now? Yep. Um, Thanks for that. It's, sorry. <laughs> Especially as we all remember his first championship. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm just looking forward right, exactly. at the Monte Carlo right. weather and it's two weeks, uh, yeah. two, week, two week outlook, so very, very uh, proximate, but um, it's looking gorgeously sunny and dry for the next two weeks. Oh. God, a blow. How dull. Hey, look, actually, you, you say that, you say that, okay, a snowy Monte Carlo is interesting from the story, but a dry Monte Carlo is, is a representation so fabulously of fast. It's so, but it's so fast and great to watch. Mm. You watch a snowy Monte Carlo, you're watching cars going past you at 10 kph on the snowy sections because they're on slicks. Nobody's yeah. ever on the right tyres these days. Uh, they're all in a compromise. So we're going to see at least a proper clean rally. I prefer a dry Monte Carlo in many and, ways. I love the drama of the of the wet, but and it does it 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 would give if it was a bone dry Monte. You know there is an obvious tire choice, and and that is obviously the soft uh, Pirelli, um, that which is the harder of the two tarmac tires because they have the soft and the super soft. Uh, mm-hmm. If if every car is on the super soft, it does give you a real uh, insight into where the speed is for the season, doesn't it, George? Yeah, it is. But ha- that said, I mean, it is showing, you know, clear, dry, uh, relatively sunny weather. I mean, like, they're, they're suggesting seven hours of sunshine a day, basically, throughout. I mean, basically, the, obviously, the computer model's saying nothing at the moment. Uh, but uh, you're still going to get, uh, it's going to be freezing overnight. Yeah. Uh, it will be. Um, so you, you've you've got water that... Uh, it freezes on the ground then the water the running water comes out over the road so you're still going to get icy patches and things it's still going to be exciting we are generally speaking it's going to be clean and fast definitely bordering and verging Mm. into monty preview territory here (laughs) sorry i've stopped but but i stopped it was just in relation to that i think we're all agreed though that absolutely 100 percent ogier and Loeb. great story It'll be great to see them both competing in, in Monty. Oh, and it may well be the only time that we see them head-to-head this year. If if Loeb comes back and does a few more, will he come back and do the same uh, events that, um, yeah. that Ogier is doing? Sure. Who, who knows? Sure, yeah. I'm sure it'll just be down to, A, enjoyment, B, performance. Is it, is, you know, is, if, he's, if he's up there, uh, mm. he'll, it, the very nature of him, look, he's out there doing it. Doing a Dakar, his his thirst for competition has not changed. I think it's if motivation he, he as well. Appreciates the challenge, yeah. Appreciates the challenge, enjoys the events. Yeah. If everything goes well, yeah, I think uh, he'll he'll get motivated he will, and he'll do, do, do really it's well. It's a fair, yeah. it's a fair contest to build up this head to head OGA against Loeb. I, I, nor do no. I, nor do <laughs> not I, at all. nor do I. You know, we're talking about drivers from. Like, <laughs> Doesn't it's not going to stop us, <laughs> Uncle. <laughs> No, no, but I was, I was just, just putting a bit of reason into it, you know. Yeah. Loeb's from a different generation. He's from a different decade, you know. Um, Oji is a man just coming off the oh, back of his, his yeah. wonderful success. It's, it's, not, it's not a fair fight to put the two against each other. You know, every single day of the week, no. you, you, would, you would put Oji down not. as the winner and yeah. in a straight head-to-head at this time in their careers. But uh... You'd have to. Hmm. Yeah, we correct me if I'm wrong, Colin and, and David, uh, the, the, but... Oji's comments at the end of last year, you know, what was he said? Well, maybe I've decided yeah. to retire a little bit too quickly. Yeah. That came after the on, on the back of his uh, WEC test, where I, I read a comment from the team manager saying, "Well, yeah, he's quite good, but we're mm. not going to put him in a car yet." I, I don't know. I, I, so, I, I got the I mean, impression that's, that's what I read. 
I mean, maybe they're going to put him in a third yeah. car or a customer car or something, but he, yeah. he certainly wasn't going to be taken by Toyota straight into the, the, the top mm. the top rung, which I kind of expected him to be. Maybe he expected it as well. And then after that, we saw these comments, oh, maybe I've made the decision a bit early. Maybe I should do a little bit more next year. But I mean, he, and he has commented on the fact that, That's you it. know, he'll decide what he's doing as he goes through the year. A little bit hard on the team. But who, who um, would turn him down, George? Who, who would turn okay. him down? I mean, who he's, he's got no? that luxury. Exactly. Well, as, as I said, he's got he's got that luxury yeah. and he's earned no, I, that luxury I got that as well. I got that impression after the interview we did with him after Monza that I, listen, I, I didn't didn't factor mm-hmm. in at all the, the Monza comment, not the Monza, the uh, the WEC comments. Um, but I definitely got the impression that he was he was taking mm-hmm. a different approach this year, really to consider his options, and he had not in any way discounted the option of a full time return to rallying. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how um mm. how he gets on with this new hybrid car and and where he thinks where he thinks you know his his future is because he if he does come back, what's he got another year or two perhaps at the top? I don't know. I don't know. Well, he's yeah, exactly. He's a, he's, he's thirty eight, yeah. isn't he? And he's just thirty eight. Last year, you know, I mean, Carlos and people like that yeah. were were still going at forty three. He, if he takes a year, two years out, he's still got a year to two years to come back and, and mm. be at a good speed. Well, we're I'm still sure. talking. Listen, we're, right, just we're, moving us, yeah, moving sorry, us on. Yeah. Sorry, Lise. I was just going to move us forward a bit just because the clock always tries to beat us and uh, we, uh, as always, are taking on the clock. Um, well, Colin, what are you looking forward to most in 2022? We've got so many changes coming through. We've got uh, fabulous Craig Breen's got a full year in the WRC. We've got... Um, rally um, Japan's back on the, the show. So I mean, there's so, so much, much excitement yeah. it, promised. It's difficult. It's really difficult. And I'd throw in there as well uh, a new regime at the FIA, you know, uh, with your know, president, Ben Salayam, taking over. Mm. It'll be mm. interesting to see what he does with rallying. Um, you know, for me, that's exciting. Uh, and I think he's under no disillusion uh, as to how big a job he's got with the WRC. And and I think it'll be very very interesting to see what he does this year. But yeah, you know, I, you know, this new hybrid. This this is the most exciting thing we've had in years, isn't it? You know, how how is it going to work? Is it going to work? Hmm? What's the testing situation, Colin? What's the what's the what's the testing situation? I mean, a bit of an update well, on the testing over over well, this period. You know, the testing what, what, all looks what's quite the story good. Coming back it all, from it that? all looks pretty oh. good. Shall we? Shall we just have a quick look mm. ahead to twenty two, and then we'll come oh, on to the right. testing. Yeah, yeah, no boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, at least I, I, you oh, know, sorry, it's you, on the list. You've mentioned the list, lots George. of really exciting <laughs> things there, and I, and I don't think I could actually say there's one particular thing that I'm looking forward to more than another. There is so much, and and, and the Breen situation is one we we've all been big fans of Craig's for for ten or so years now, twelve years now. Um, and this is his first full season in the WRC. What is he capable of? Well, we're going to find out this year. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's an awful lot to look forward to. I think it's going to be one of the the most exciting years. We're going to get a potentially a new champion. Okay, there's every chance that Tanak could make it two championships this year, but there's every chance as well that we're going to get a brand new champion this year, and and that's exciting to look forward to. Um, yeah, there, there, there's just so much. It's such an enormous year ahead of us. David's looking forward to nice nice climate, hey. so he can carry on with the sweaters and the cords. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and and like like Cole said there it is the absolute mass uncertainty uh you know as George will doubtless tell us you know t- teams and team principals sporting directors all want to manage out any kind of unpredictably un- <clears throat> unpredictability from the season that's the last thing they want they want to understand everything you know when you go to stage one in in Monte George you would want to know exactly where that ice starts coming so that you can make exactly the right tires. Oh, yeah. Forget all of that. It's all gone. You know, nobody has a clue what's coming uh, later this month in, in Monty and for the rest of the year. You know, it's it's all very well talking about the first round, but there's a whole development process to go through this year with these cars. You know, we haven't stopped now. You know, they've had to stop because they've had to start building cars for round one. But once we get from there, you know, we have a, what is it, a three-week gap or something before we've got round two. And then we've got an even bigger gap through March where the teams will be working flat out to iron out any teething issues or get rid of any teething issues and to make the cars quicker. You, Sebastian Ogier put it exactly right at the end of, of Monza Rally last, last month when he said, look at the speed. You know, in 17, when we had these cars in Monte Carlo, they were quick. By the time we'd finished them with, with them five years later, they were sensationally quick. 
okay, we've only got a three-year uh, homologation cycle with these Rally 1 cars, but guaranteed they will get more reliable and faster and faster and faster through the, the coming three years. So that's it. You know, everything that you said, Cole, you know, Mohammed bin Salim, great, great chance for change with Robert Reed at his side. Mm -hmm. And we have to see change. You know, this sport has stagnated mm -hmm. for too long. You know, it just, it frustrates the hell out of me that our first discussion with John Todd 11 years ago, whenever it was, 12, obviously 12 years ago, yes, banging the desk. Endurance is what rallying should be about. We need change nothing. in rallying. We got nothing. You know, okay, we got some great, great rally cars. Uh, we got the return of, of, of Safari. But fundamentally, the sport hasn't really moved on. Um, and we have to have that movement now from Ben Sliman. Listening to him, listening to Robert Reed, they have such great plans and great intentions. Uh, it's going to be a very, very exciting Absolutely. season. And we're going back to New Zealand. And we're going back to New Zealand. And that gives us a chance to talk about <laughs> rugby 24-7. And we're going back to you Japan. You to talk a little bit about sailing, David, if you really want to. Woo! Oh, lovely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh, yeah. I forgot Not about that. Yeah, so, absolutely, Carl. Let's we'll talk about testing then. Yeah. Uh, as uh, George was mentioning there, what what do we know um, heading? We haven't asked oh, George. What he's Sorry, George. To. Sorry, George. Have we? Outrageous. I'm looking forward to yeah. understanding exactly how the hybrid system's going to work. Um, I mean, I've 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 learned a little bit more in the last week, of course, uh, having read Dirtfish uh, and got uh, Tom Fowler's comments and. And Richard Milner's insights uh, uh, via via one uh, via Luke's uh, comments mm. in, in in the Dirtfish website, brilliant. Um, but it, it it's um, it's quite interesting to keep talking about you know the 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 regenerative effect under braking. It's it, that in my because experience, you, you've got an electric tiny. car, George, haven't you? Um, you don't get a lot back. I have, yeah. Well, it's, it's a plug-in hybrid, but it, you know it recharges um, in, in the same way. As, as these and, and in terms of the power it's it's very similar it's it's i think my car's got 100 kilowatt um no it's not quite 100 i think it's maybe 100 kilowatt does it have 100 kilowatt um or certainly 100 horsepower um electric motor in, in my car and uh, it's got about a nine kilowatt hour battery and uh, it can charge. I mean, when you when you when you put it onto the charge mode, it charges if about. Uh, it gives you an extra mile for every mile and a half you drive when you're driving it on recharge, which is not something that you would ever do except to see what it does, which is what I've done. Can you explain um, that to me? Sorry, I'm I'm being a bit if, dim. If so is to, that a bit like in the hourly? <laughs> when, when I was a kid, we used to get the most exciting thing about. I mean, I I loved playing on my bike when I was a kid because I lived out in the middle of nowhere, so I could ride everywhere. Very exciting when I got mm -hmm. dynamos and yeah. the, this whole concept of generating my own electricity to power the lights. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm kind of wondering is is that that kind of technology? Then basically, you're using yep. motion to create more more battery charging or uh, yeah well it's it, it's 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 a little bit a little bit I'm guessing um, slightly more complicated a little bit more a, nah. a, a little bit more complex and not just as straightforward not as straightforward as that but basically uh when you when you press the brakes um it it basically t turns the electric motor that 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 drives the engine uh, into a dynamo at least i'm assuming that's what this one does i've not actually seen a complete breakdown of it but it won't have a, a, a it basically will generate a huge amount of power it'll be very very uh, very very efficient but it's for such short bursts i mean how long is a rally driver on the brakes for a second and a half two seconds but george yeah george can i ask a question there so it's it's is that you know, when you press the brakes? Is it the resistance to the? Is it well, the engine braking? Because they don't. It's no, not you, well, you, you, you press. So you, so, you so press the brakes, and 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 up to a certain effort on, on the brakes is taken by the, the the hybrid system, absorbs that power and converts it into electricity, uh, so, and it's it's pretty well seamless. You know, a, a good mapping is seamless, and then you can feel the you can feel and even hear the brakes starting to work on my car. I lift off. Uh, press the brakes a little bit. Press the brakes a little bit more. The car slows down a little bit more, and then and then you can you can hear it more than you can feel it. The brakes start to work. Josh, just explain this to me so, then. Um, when David and I were very fortunate, we went to the uh, to the, to see the Audi. This this incredible Audi that's competing at Dakar just now. And Matthias Ekstrom yeah. was explaining to us about the, the the braking and the regeneration. 
and he said it's incredible because we use no brake pads. We mm. hardly use any brake pads uh -huh. on the because yeah. the end. Well, the, 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 is it the engine that does the braking? It's the dynamo. Well, the, the, that's 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 an all all electric car, and obviously well, it's not vastly powerful. Well, it, yeah, but yeah. yeah, but is it, is it, it, is it is in terms is it of the sort of regen, isn't it, Cole? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's it, okay. True. Does yeah. does the engine drive? Does the engine drive the electric motor, or does the engine also no, drive the, the wheels? No, it's the electric motor that drives the the wheels, uh, and it's the it's it's essentially right, got okay, a generator so in yeah, the back. So it's a huge generating. Aye, yeah. aye, it's got a generator in the yeah. back to keep topping it off. So yes, yeah, so, so basically, basically, um, mm. it, it 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 can be incredibly powerful. You know, it can it can it can stop the stop the uh, the car very mm. very quickly. Um, and and yeah, hardly ever use the brakes. I mean, I probably just about damn well use that one set of pads all the way through the event. Um, the, the more powerful. But it your is. question, Nikel, is how how does that happen? Yeah, yeah, I'm still a little bit lost. What makes the car slow down? Well, it's the just resistance. it's just you know it's just like when when uh, okay when when what well, yeah it is basically what, you you imagine um, you don't get anything for nothing. So Lisa's dynamo on her on her bicycle wheel that gave her her lights. At night or in the evening, or whenever Required she wanted resistance. to use them, any time, um, any time I wanted to pedal yeah, extra hard, it, it costs you. It costs you extra power. It costs you power to drive that. And if if it's on or off, if you were freewheeling, uh, so if you pedaled up to twenty miles an hour, whatever, however fast you could go, and stop pedaling, you'll go so far, uh, and the bike will stop. If you've got the dynamo on the bike, it'll stop a lot quicker because it's taking power. The more power you take, the more braking you get. The more direct that that contact is, the the the, the more you've got connection effect, effectively. In 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 the case of uh, in the case of these electric cars, it's everything. It's the crank delivering the power. It's the it, it's everything. So it it and it basically you know it's it's the same. It's, it's just the same as uh, you've got a a, a a hydroelectric power station, Colin. You know the water's going through the the turbines. It's being slowed by the turbines because it has to speed the turbines up. It's a braking effect effectively. Um, the more load you put on that uh, uh, turbine, the slower it will go. But you don't. You obviously, you're, 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 the whole point is it's geared to a constant speed, very, very, very carefully, and it's uh, that's done by water input and balanced against Spin the power the rally demand. Pod, not just rally cars. We do physics too. A fairly dynamic relationship between yeah. the, the controls on those things. It's not. It's not straightforward at all. I think I need to do a bit more homework. I'm right with yeah. you, George. I think that's. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm looking forward to the explainer that's going to be on dirtfish.com um, yeah. and hopefully they'll level but, it at idiot level my, so that I'll understand I, it completely. But I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this new technology as well, George, because here in the UK, our government's decided that petrol cars need to get binned by 2030. Um, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work, but it, it's this transition that rallying has, uh, you know, led the way mm -hmm. for the development of road cars for plebs like me. And... I, I, I'm genuinely excited about the fact that rallying might be taking the lead again wow. to, you know, make 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 road driving exciting again. Mm. Well, it might it might not be a technical lead, uh, Lisa, but it's actually what it is actually showing us. So if if the FIA's intentions were to get you know to, to move to move us into the the next phase of of what motoring will be, the reality is you know rally is very like. A normal person uses a car in that they drive around and go places and then come back home, come back where they can recharge, whatever. Um, unlike racing, which is, you know, you've got e-racing, which is tailored around the, 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 the end product. Um, so the reality is that, that you can't actually rally an electric car because it, it's not going to work in exactly the same way that... If everybody goes electric, then then you know you can book your car and you may be allowed to charge it once a month under the current regime. In the, in the US, in the US, in California, they're already having massive problems. And there's a fraction of the cars are electric. They're having massive problems where they're actually having to 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 limit people from charging the cars. George, I'm going to give you a thought on this. Um, you know, I've already mentioned that President Ben Salam has got go. a big job to do. He's got a really big job to do, but he he understands this. We, you know, for many, many years, rallying was the natural test and proving ground for cars, and it should have been, and it was underutilized and undersold. And what happened? Yeah. A little competitor sneaked in. They sneaked in and they said, there's an opportunity there. We'll cater to what the manufacturers want. We will become the test and proving ground for road cars. What is it? It's the Dakar. So we're now behind the game. We are behind the game. You know, Audi have spent David, I hate to think of their budget, but it's got to be many tens of millions. 
on this, oh, this Sakar project. Yeah. Tens, if not yeah. close to hundreds of millions. You know, we have missed an opportunity. And not only that, we've given someone else that opportunity. We've handed it to them. Said, there you go. You can run with this one. You know, for me, Audi, Audi have got a very interesting concept here. What they've got is they've got a hybrid with its own power generating unit. Its own power generating unit. Now, it doesn't work just now, but can you imagine a future not too far down the line where you have an ultra-efficient ICE engine that has biofuel, that uses biofuel, that powers the, the car itself? So you are going to still have to have an ICE engine, but mm. it's a biofuel, so it's sustainable, uh, and it's, it's manageable. There is, George is right. It is inconceivable that in 10 years' time, every car on the roads will have their own charging points yeah. and have enough electricity to charge them. Audi understands that. <clears throat> so what are they doing? They're looking at alternatives and saying, actually, that's not a sustainable future because we just can't get there. You know? Now, these mm -hmm. kind of things, rallying should have been offering up to the manufacturers. And we've not because we got complacent. We had someone in charge who just didn't see the point. You know, and they went with this 20, 25-year-old technology as the next step. We've got a huge job I, to do to catch up. I think, I think that it's, it's easy to say that they, they didn't see the point, Carl. I think they, of course they saw the point. You know, you'd have to be terribly silly not to see the point. But it was just such a big leap, wasn't it? You know, to say, and we all stood there five years ago and said, oh, you couldn't possibly have an all-electric rally car. Imagine that. How could you send a car off to? And look at what Audi are doing. And and like you say, you know, they had the vision, uh, and yeah. they went about it and did it. And and they're reaping the and rewards. Yeah, but, but not just that, David. Not just that. The the, the Dakar organisers also had Embraced the balls it. to turn yeah. around and say, "We're going to accommodate these people. We're going to. Yeah. We're, we're not going to turn them away and say, oh, don't be silly. You know, you can't yeah. come and play in our event. We are going yeah. to find a way of accommodating them. Now, for yeah. me." President Ben Salim has said it's a, it's a blank sheet of paper. It has to be a completely blank sheet of paper. And we need to work out regulations that accommodate what the manufacturers want. And if we're too yeah. rigid with those regulations, we're stuffed. We're stuffed. Telling but manufacturers the only way into rallying is with a hybrid engine, which does nothing. What is the point in a hybrid? Hybrid is to, I think, is, is to, save, to save energy, is to save fuel, it's to save fossil fuels. How many kilometres of uh, of hybrid use have we got in the Monte Carlo rally? Uh, no, no, no. Three point <clears throat> three, no. three kilometres. Three point three kilometres of. But I think you'll find. Use. I think you'll find it's three point six actually, Carl, which is actually thank two you, David. Point, thank two point two seven you. miles. <laughs> but we are we are we're getting into Monte. We're not actually. Sorry. No, we're not. We're not. No, Sorry. no, we're not. Sorry. But I'm, I'm I did. Just, I'm, I'm, I've written a piece actually saying, Cole, that that is exactly the right number. And in some ways, it's almost too many kilometers, miles. <laughs> because what we need right now are cars that get through, are cars that work for the first round. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what's the point in putting a whole bunch of, of, uh, of quiet zones on the route going through, I don't know, Peugeot, Tenier, or these villages and towns? Don't do it. Because if the cars break down, if the cars fail those 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 quiet zones, or, then we've got to ask the stewards to find a way of, of penalising them. It, let's just make them as straightforward as we can. Now, I'm not vindicating the fact that we're in this position because we shouldn't be in this position. You know, we should have had enough time, enough lead time to have these cars fully developed and absolute, not absolutely reliable, but sufficiently reliable that they could do the job that they were set out to do. They could do, say, I don't know, 20 kilometers of quiet zone. We're not in that position. Let's not make ourselves look very silly. No, I Let's, agree with you. As but, always, David, but, you're but, the voice but, of reason. But you're, you're right. but you're dead right, Cole. You know, you are absolutely right. There's not enough, um, but we are where we are. Uh, so in, instead yeah. of, you know, sometimes we have a great ability to shoot ourselves in the foot in this championship. Let's not do that. Uh, and, and I think we have mm -hmm. to applaud the, the organizers of Monty, you know, they, on one hand, they've, they've given us, uh, the ability to keep cars in the event. And on the other hand, they've taken it away by not giving us a lunchtime service on Friday and Saturday. Um, so yeah, yeah no, I, I can totally see your point and you're right. You know, the organizers of, of Dakar embraced it and we didn't. We buried our heads in the sand uh, and pretended to to tell ourselves that hybrid would be enough. When hybrid, you know, Toyota's been running hybrid Hiluxes for 
probably knocking on the door 30 years. years. Yeah, well, yeah, 24, 24 years. 24 years, 1989. Yeah. How's that modern technology? God, I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. And apparently, yeah. according to something I read the other day, a hybrid, you're the very first hybrid. This, this can't be right. Someone's going to tell me this is completely wrong. <laughs> uh, Ferdinand Porsche. Ferdinand Porsche invented the first hybrid. Apparently. Um, wow. Many, 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 many. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be I would almost be surprised. I, I mean, I, I, in, in one way, of course, Porsche were quite bleeding edge at, at various points. But, you know, electric cars came before petrol cars. We had, I mean, there was a lot of electric cars around in the, in the late, in the late 1800s. Uh, they weren't very brilliant, but and they had you know obviously massive heavy lead acid type batteries, and then they were basically just you know horse carriages uh, with with little electric motors on them, or probably quite big ones in reality. But but um, when the internal combustion came along, I would be very surprised if somebody hadn't made a hybrid back then. There was a lot of ingenuity around in the in in the eighteen in early nineteen hundreds regarding this. Uh, but the battery, the bulk of the battery um, at that time, of course, uh, was really, really a limiting factor. Uh, not least of all the, the old uh, milk uh, yeah. floats that we used to see going around in UK up until the, really probably up until about the 1980s. Milk floats were all electric. Milk was delivered to everyone's house. You didn't mm. buy milk at the supermarket. Milk was delivered to your house pretty yeah. well everywhere. Um, and... and uh, it was delivered by an electric, an electric cart. Do you remember? Do you remember when, milk when milk, George, particularly in Dundee, when it was delivered in winter time, and it would freeze between the, the milkman putting it on your doorstep in the bottle and you opening the front Aye. door, and you had like three inches of milk, frozen milk, <laughs> protruding from the top of the bottle. Do you remember well, that? It, it was cream. It was cream. It, it, it was cream. And, I do remember seeing that. Yeah. yeah and, and it became it became an instant ice lolly. And the birds would peck through the top, wouldn't they? And the bird the birds would be down stealing it. I was going to say we're yeah. running out of time here, so I think oh. we're going to going to have to keep testing um, for our next podcast. Uh, so. We'll be looking ahead to Monte Carlo relatively soon, so perhaps we'll cover testing. And I want those predictions, and I want your 2022 predictions, and you guys listening, at Dirtfish Rally is the best way to get in touch on Twitter. And uh, then we can, uh, yeah, crack on with this season. And don't forget, uh, but big point, we don't make New Year's resolutions here, but we have made one New Year's resolution to make a podcast every single week. Every Tuesday, you will be able to download Spin the Rally Pod. Uh, we'll be recording every Monday, if not before. Stop laughing. It will happen. It At 7am every Monday, uh, yeah, David Evans. Yeah, start the week with or Might have to be earlier. Yeah, God, no. No, definitely not earlier. But yeah, we'll be, we'll be here every week. So subscribe, uh, however you subscribe to your podcast, uh, however you consume them. But yeah, we'll be here with you every week. Looking forward to it. Just for you, David. Happy New Year. Oh, thanks, Lise. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Happy New Year, Happy everyone. New Year, guys. Take care. <laughs> Talk soon.